The Breast Cancer Prevention Partners did a study of personal care products and cleaning products. They found that body sprays, for example, yeah. had more toxic chemicals than something you might be using in your kitchen to clean your countertops. Now, most of us would not go into our kitchen, pull out our kitchen countertop cleaner and start spraying our body down with it. But the actual body spray that people buy because they want to smell nice might have more toxic chemicals than, than what's under your kitchen cabinet. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we are determined to bring you back to your superpower self. Joining me today is Jen Stevens. She is here to talk about food, what we need to be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. Her book is Cleanish, Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mainly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Natural Ability to Self-Clean. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Jen. She's the New York Times bestselling author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, and Delay, Don't Deny, and has been living the intermittent fasting lifestyle since 2014. Since then, she's lost over 80 pounds and launched her intermittent fasting website, four online support groups, four self-published books, and two top-ranked podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. She's a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition's Health Coach Training Program, and she earned a Doctor of Education degree in Gifted and Talented Education, Master's degree in Natural Sciences, and a Bachelor's degree in Elementary Education. She taught elementary school for 28 years and has worked with adult learners in a number of settings. She splits her time between Augusta, Georgia and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where she lives with her husband and there are four cats. She's also a mother to two adult sons. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so we are excited to talk about this. For your first book we were talking about before you jumped on here was a New York Times bestseller all about intermittent fasting. Did that kind of segue into this book, which is Cleanish, Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mostly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Ability to Self-Clean? And we've got to talk about that title as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it really did. And, you know, it all started... I was obese. I was 210 pounds. I needed to lose weight. And all the things I tried, I just kept yo-yoing up and down for years. And finally, intermittent fasting got me to, you know, the, the healthy body that I'm in now. I lost over 80 pounds, as you said, that was 2014 to 2015. And I've been able to maintain ever since. But an interesting thing happens when you are, are feeling good in your body and, and your body starts directing you to other things that <laughs> make you feel good. Like I gradually um, began wanting better food, you know, eating more nutritious food. And the better I ate, the better I felt. And the better I felt, the, the better I wanted to feel. So mm -hmm. that just really sent me down the path of really just, you know, cleaning up really every area aspect of my life or, you know, every, just really every aspect from what I eat to what I put on my body and, and what I use in my home. But when it was time to, to write a new book, you know, how publishers are, you, you're a writer. And once you write a book, especially if it's a New York times bestseller, 
they're like, all right, what's your next intermittent fasting book going to be? And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to write another intermittent fasting book. I want to take people further along the journey mm-hmm. as we're, we're not just, you know, it's not just a weight loss journey. It's very right. much a health journey. I want to live a, a long and healthy life. And by choosing foods that nourish my body and um, basically, you know, decreasing the number of toxins I'm putting in and on my body and helping my body, you know, work on the toxins that are coming yeah. in, helping, helping my body's natural self-cleaning processes you know, that's just really powerful for, for health and longevity. And, and that that's where the idea of cleanish was really born. And, you know, the, the ish clean ish, and then the eat mostly clean that's in parentheses and live mainly clean because, you know, we've all been down the road of perfection before, right. Right. Trying to, you know, well, I'm going to eat clean. That means I can never have a Dorito again for the rest of my life. And, you know, we, we live in the real world and there are times when you're going to be more ish, but overall we're looking for that, that lifestyle that helps us to be healthy and happy and not overstressed and overburdened with perfection. Well, that's wonderful. Now what, um, looking back and then we'll move on to this idea of being cleanish. Uh, what were some of the main principles that resonated so strongly in the first book? Fast feet, fast, fast feast. feast. Repeat. repeat and delay. Don't deny. <laughs> well, my first book was actually Delay, Don't Deny. And that one I wrote in 2016 and it was self-published. Okay. And in Delay, Don't Deny, basically it all started by accident. You know, I, I mentioned I'm a teacher. You mentioned yeah. that I taught for 28 years. Yeah. And so teachers, we like to teach people things and we like to help people with, with anything they're struggling with. So I started a a very small intermittent fasting support group on Facebook in 2015, and it started to grow and people came in that I didn't know. And they all wanted to know about fasting. And in 2016, Dr. Jason Fung wrote the obesity code. Are you familiar with the obesity code? Have you read it? It's a great book. And we all were so looking forward to that coming out. And it was indeed a fabulous book, but it didn't really tell you what to do or how to, how to approach intermittent fasting. And so people would start and come into my community every day and they're like, what do I need to do? And I'm like, you know, I just need to write a book, you know, just short, something short, sweet, and to the point that'll teach people how to live an intermittent fasting lifestyle with a little bit of science. If they want more, they can go read the obesity code. Yeah. Uh (laughs) And that was really the start of my first book. It was really just for people when they asked me, how do I start? I'm like, go read delay, don't deny. And yeah. that turned into a, a very you know, great selling book over the years. It sold you know thousands and thousands of copies. And that led me to writing Fast Feast Repeat. Um, when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat, it had, was several years later. And I'd been leading those support groups that had gotten bigger and bigger. And so we knew more. We knew more just, you know, there was more research that had come out. And we knew more about how to, you know, what advice people really needed when they were starting with an intermittent fasting lifestyle. So that's where Fast Feast Repeat came from. And it's got, you know, like this really thick, frequently asked questions section, for example, in the back, because we, you know, we had so many new fasters joining our groups every day and they all had the same exact questions. Wow. <laughs> so we, we, it was basically, it's a resource for anyone who's ready to start um, intermittent fasting. It'll tell you exactly, you know, how to get started with flexibility, just because we're also very different when it, when it comes to what approach works best for, for you as an individual. Gotcha. Okay. So let's jump to cleanish. All right. 
and really focusing less on weight, more on a health journey. Mm-hmm. What is, how do you define clean? I think would be the first question. And what are sort of the implications for the body of our toxic load? I talk a lot about our toxic load and trying to understand it and trying to put our head around it. But what are the implications um, of sort of not really getting the cleanest things in us? Well, it's it's a that's a big big question. question. A lot a lot to it. And you know, our bodies are are amazing machines. You know this, and and we are designed to be able to handle what's coming into our bodies and also, you know, metabolic toxins. There's part of the metabolic processes, you know, like your kidneys are supposed to be able to take care of those things and flush them out of you. But we are just overburdened in today's society because there are chemicals in our foods, chemicals in our personal care products, chemicals in the air that we breathe, in our water. And, and more and more things are coming in and our bodies are really having a hard time keeping up. And that that's our body burden, our overall toxic load. And it just keeps getting, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. I had a son and I talk about this in cleanish. Um, I still have a son. He's 22 now, but when he was a toddler, he had chemical sensitivities Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't know I'd been teaching for a while, but I had no idea, you know, that what you eat could really make such a difference with your so many yeah. parts of your body. For example, he had behavioral issues that would would crop up when he ate something that you know was full of the chemicals or when he was exposed to chemicals through his environment. And it, it just was all new to me. And so we changed his diet, we changed what we were using around the house, and it made such a dramatic impact on him. And that really just opened my eyes to the idea of, you know, our toxic load and our body burden. I read a book at the time when I was dealing with it and it talked about the bucket effect. I'm sure you're familiar with this analogy, like our bodies are a bucket and we can hold, you know, this much right. in our body. And eventually if your bucket starts to overflow, that's when you start having the, the symptoms. It could be so many things that could be um, you know, from the behavior problems that my son was having, and it could be allergies. It could be yeah. so many different, different issues that we're facing can be go right back to our over full overflowing mm-hmm. toxic load buckets. Mm-hmm. So we lowered the level of his toxic load or his bucket by putting fewer toxins in through what he ate and what was in his environment. And what we can were, oh, go like, ahead. Like what were some of those foods that you started to take out? Cause I think many parents notice that they notice the connection to behavior, all that other stuff. So tell me what are some of the foods that you were able to take out where you started to see a payoff for. Oh yeah. I'm glad to. And you know, every, every child is going to be different. And it, it really, I had two boys at the time. I still have two sons, like I said, but they were both little, but the the one was having the major problems and it actually started with a comment from his teacher. She said, could it be what he's eating? And that day he had had this cat in the hat cereal that was full of red dye. And I told her what he had for breakfast. And she said, well, a lot of kids have problems with red dye. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You would think I should have known all about that, but I didn't. So I went home, this is in the early 2000s, and I started researching. And sure enough, I found my way to really the Fine Gold Association mm-hmm. um, really helped me a lot. But they, you know, Dr. Benjamin Feingold, he was, a, a, I think, a pediatrician in California. Mm-hmm. And he started noticing in his patients, um, you know, the patients with ADHD, 
were really affected by things in their diets. It's the artificial flavors, artificial colors, the preservatives, and even a class of foods called salicylates. Yep. Uh-huh. And the salicylates, you know, for people are like, what's that? That's like the aspirin. Aspirin is in the salicylate family, for example. Those are really great plant foods like apples and grapes that, that we, you know, we think, well, we should, we should all eat more of those foods, but they have high levels of salicylates. And just like aspirin in the salicylate family, we all have heard of someone with an aspirin allergy, but it's a similar kind of a thing in your body. You maybe can't tolerate the salicylates. So Will was unable to um, eat any foods with salicylates. So like he could have pears, but not apples. So we really relied heavily on the Feingold Association for what, um, what really um, they had food lists of products that you know, were certified to not have those types of things in them, the you know, artificial colors, artificial flavors. And we found that really pretty much anything that you wanted to have, you could find a substitution mm-hmm. with, with something that, that was free of those additives. And it was just life-changing for us when he wow. would get a hold of something that he wasn't supposed to have. It was like a light switch was flipped. And so the, the Fine Gold Association is still around now and they still provide support to parents who are dealing with this because You know, as I said, I was an elementary teacher for 28 years and I saw kids change. I started teaching in 1990 and the behavior problems just got worse and worse over time. And, you know, trying to pinpoint exactly why that is, but, you know, kids are eating differently, you know, pretty much everything they're eating. If you go into an elementary cafeteria, they're all having, you know, all their lunch boxes are full of foods with, with so many different, you know, packaged products full of those additives. So Wow. Yeah. It's something we continue to see even today with kids really, you know, having sensory issues, having chemical sensitivity, focus issues, all of this connected to their toxic loads. All right, superstars, let's talk about this next product. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was looking for a way, honestly, to support my liver and really not being able to stick to my own personal rule of a green smoothie every single day. Just got busy, would forget it. It spilled in the car. I don't know how many times. Now I've been on Athletic Greens for about, I think it's been about eight weeks or so, and I love it. It has a great taste to it. It doesn't have that sort of bitter green taste that a lot of the green powders have. So let's talk about Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens all to help you start your day right. For those of you who ask me what multivitamin should I take, but then you don't want to swallow a pill, this is a great option. In fact, the founder started Athletic Greens really because he was looking for an option for his own gut health and didn't want to take a bunch of pills and really wanted to develop something that was easy to do and relatively inexpensive. So he created Athletic Greens to have an all-in-one nutritional experience that you can take your nutrition into your own hands. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially headed into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. You know I love that, getting on those planes. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Taz. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Taz to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
I interrupted you though, you were going on even beyond food, I think, to talk about the importance of being clean and that bucket idea and when that bucket overflows. So food is one area we can right. focus on. Are there other areas to focus on as well when we're trying to sort of be cleanish? Absolutely. And the other areas are the easy ones. <laughs> you know, is, food is the hardest. Well, I think, I think food yeah. is the hardest yeah. because for example, you're going to go to a wedding and the, there's going to be cake there and you're going to yeah. want to eat it. And you're not going to ask the bride, excuse me, what's in your cake. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean you are, if you have a child with chemical sensitivities, you're like this, we're not going to eat this cake, but you know, as, as adults and the, there are a lot of foods out there and it's, it's can be really tricky with, with foods, Yeah, but with, with what you put on your body and what you clean your house with, once you find things that are easy swaps, it becomes really, really easy. Like for example, let's think about our skin. Our skin is our body's largest organ, as you know, and what we put on our skin gets into our bodies. You know, I know your listeners are all familiar with transdermal medications. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a hormone patch, for example, for maybe for birth control, or you Someone trying to quit smoking might use a nicotine patch. And so we all understand that what we put on our skin can get into our body therapeutically, but we somehow forget that, you know, that body lotion you're slathering all over yourself or the perfume you're spraying on also goes into your skin. It's not like your skin's like, oh, that's not medicine. We'll keep that out. Your skin doesn't know. <laughs> your skin just takes it in. And so you know, the research on um, some of these products that are out there, there was a report, um, it might've been nine, I can't remember the year that they did the report. It's in cleanish, I'm, um, but it was the breast cancer prevention partners did a study of a certain number of personal care products and cleaning products. They found that body sprays, for example, yeah. had more toxic chemicals than something you might be using in your kitchen to clean your countertops. Right. Now, most of us would not go into our kitchen, pull out our kitchen countertop cleaner and start spraying our body down with it. We were like, oh, you know, you know, that's not a good thing. But the actual body spray that people buy because they want to smell nice might have more toxic chemicals than than what's under your kitchen cabinets. Mm -hmm. So when when you start to realize how many things you're putting on your body every day from your, you know, your lotion that I mentioned before to your foundation, your makeup, your deodorant your shampoo, all yeah. of it, it all adds up. It all adds up. And each might be a tiny little exposure, but again, think of the bucket drop by drop. If water's dripping into a bucket, the bucket will eventually overflow. And that's what happens in our bodies, but it's a lot easier to change your personal care products and your, you know, what you're using to clean your house, because there's so many great options out there. Now I can remember back when I was first starting down this road, when the boys were little, it was not as easy. Right. No. You know, we barely had the internet. <laughs> we did, I but it was. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> if someone's trying to be or trying to start out, like to lower their toxic load or to be more clean, what are three things that you would say, real quickly, go do this? Well, there's a, um, first of all, in cleanish, I walk the reader through this. It's very much not a book that you just sit down and you read from start to finish. And you're like, okay, now I know about that. Now I've read it. It's actually the teacher in me comes out because at the end of every chapter, there's a place for you to reflect and take action. Like for example, after you read the, the chapter on personal care products, I actually 
tell you exactly what to do next. Like now go look at your products and see what you've got. And now you need to look at, look at them more closely and see how safe they are. And it's really simple. For example, there are apps out there. Just one example of an app that I rely on is the environmental working groups app. Are you, do you use their app to check your yes, products? It's a app. great app. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so you can, for example, you can check the products you already have, or you know, let's say you realize, gosh, the products I have are not scoring very well. You can actually go to a section and, and try to find a product that's going to work better. A great example of that is mouthwash. You know, mm -hmm. I needed, I had a crown and my dentist was like, you're going to need to get a water pick and you're going to need to use mouthwash around that. And I didn't, I hadn't, wasn't really using mouthwash, but my husband had some. So I went and I looked it up and it was a brand that looked very healthy and clean. That's what we call a greenwashing, by the way. They make it sound so great on the yeah, label. Right. But I checked it in the Environmental Working Group app and it didn't score as well as I thought it would score. It wasn't that wow. great at all. So I, I went to the app instead and I said, well, let me just browse through. I, I sorted the, the mouthwashes by best to worst, started at the top, scrolled my way down. And one that scored really, really high and shocked me, Listerine Original. Mm. scored better than the the one All that other stuff interesting the one that well there were some that were higher but they were right. like one was spearmint flavored one was like a tablet but listerine original the amber stuff my grandmother used scored really really high yeah. so, and it scored better than the one my husband had that i thought was a good quality yeah you know, like so clean it looked really clean and so i was like well that just goes to show you can't just tell by looking at the label and when i checked all of my um my cleaning products at well as well, I found that I had been super duper greenwashed by many of them that I thought were great choices. Like the um, dish soap I had been using that I thought was clean, didn't score as well as that blue stuff we're familiar with that they use in the oil spills to clean the animals. That rated higher yeah. than the one I'd been using that I thought wow. was better. It was shocking. I didn't go out and buy the blue one. And so, that's the, so that's the EWG app, yes. correct? That you're yes. referring to. So yes. that's a great resource and I love it. I recommend it to patients all the time. That's a great resource for trying to find, you know, what we should be really paying attention to right. kind of in, in terms of products. Do they do, they also talk about food. They talk about the, the clean 15 and the dirty dozen do. and the foods that you need to buy organic versus mm -hmm. the ones that you can let slide a little bit. So lots of resources there for sure. Absolutely. Is another tool like don't buy color, like don't buy colored detergents, don't buy colored mouthwashes. Oh, ab well, ab absolutely. You know, when they, most of the, the big name brands that are out there are not right. going to be very clean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one that your mom, mom might've used, for example, the, the brand with the scent. Yeah. Really, you want to avoid the dyes. No, yeah. You don't need any of those dyes right. or, or the fragrances. You know, fragrance is one of those ways that the product manufacturers, whether we're talking about beauty products or shampoo or cleaning products, they can pretty much hide anything under the word fragrance. They don't have to tell you what it is. They can even, it goes back to some old labeling laws that protect, right. protected the cosmetics industry. They can even claim that a product doesn't have something in it, but it could be hiding in the fragrance. So super, super sneaky, the way that they get away with labeling things. Yeah. So fragrance free, no dyes. Those are some good general rules. That's what, yeah, those are things, definitely things to look for. But I for me, that. what really has made it easy is finding brands that are committed 
to being clean and safe. Like the, the, the beauty um, products that I use for my yeah. skincare and my shampoo, they yeah. have what they call a never list where they're like, these are the things we will never have. And they're constantly reformulating to make their products safer. So mm-hmm. I know anything they sell is going to be, you know, fit my criteria for okay. clean beauty. So it's very, very easy. So yeah. I don't even have to think about it because you're much more likely to stick to something when it's not hard. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, definitely want to make things easier and better. What about families? How do we get an entire, so I'm dealing with this a little bit, to be honest, because we have sometimes other people that go out and shop for us to help out or run errands or grandparents or all this other stuff. How do we get a whole family to be on board with this? Because like just this weekend, I went to run a load of laundry and it was the one with all the fragrances and the colors. And I'm like, Oh my God, how many of these are here? And so like, you know, how do we get everyone on board? Is there, do you have tips on navigating? (laughs) It really is. It's just a matter of, you know, explaining to your family what you're doing and why, and, and that they, for example, the, you know, the, the laundry and, just say, here's what we're going to use now. And I'd like you to respect the why and, and really teaching them the why, you know, why are we using this one versus this one? Right. And, and I think people, people want to choose something that's healthy for them if they understand why it matters. And, you know, I, I, I say that, but there are two different laundry detergents in my laundry room right now. There's one that's cleanish, emphasis on the ish that my husband uses. That's the one he likes, and it's fragrance free and it's dye free, but it's not as clean as the one that I use on my clothes. So it's it's you know it's baby steps and um, figuring out what your family can live with. I love that. I think it's a helpful tip. Is there like a rule of numbers or do we not make this difficult? We just keep trying to do the best we can. And, the, and it sounds like the key categories are clean food, clean beauty, clean homes, right? right. Am I missing one? What That's I really it. I mean, you know, the, 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 the personal care products and your cleaning products, that would be the living mainly clean part. But the, th- the empowering part of my book, Cleanish, is that every person at the end creates their own definition of what it means to live mostly clean or, or eat mostly clean and live mainly clean. And it's all about what are going to be your rules that you're going to design for yourself. Like, for example, for me, I have a rule for me. I do not use artificial sweeteners or ingest anything with an artificial sweetener ever. That's my, one of my never, never, ever list things. I'm not going to have it at a restaurant. I'm not going to have it at a friend's house. If the only beverages around were artificially sweetened, I would drink water because that's just something I don't really like it. It has, I don't think it has any positives to it at all. And it's really easy for me to say, that's a hard line. I'm not going to cross. And so you just, you figure out what are your nevers and what are your sometimes, you know, like I try to avoid seed oils, you know, the Mm -hmm. canola oil and all those inflammatory oils that we now realize are not very good for us, but I'm, they're not on my never list. I, you know, if I go out to eat, I might eat some French fries and I know they're going to be fried in that, that oil. I don't cook with it at home, but that's on my, you know, sometimes I mostly avoid that list. And it's just a matter of the, the ish part is creating a lifestyle that you can live with. Now, if I were eating in restaurants every single day, I would certainly not be eating a lot of French fries at those restaurants because of those inflammatory oils. But as a, sometimes, you know, something that's, you know, here and there, 
it's not going to totally like fill up my, my bucket, for example. Well, I love these tips. I think they're all so helpful. I'm sure they're all in the book, right? Where can we get our hands in the book? What's the best way to find it? Well, you can find it wherever books are sold, whatever your favorite book retailer is, Cleanish. And, and again, I'm Jen Stevens, G-I-N Stevens with a P-H. You can find my website, jenstevens.com, and everything is linked from there. I love it. I love your story. I am well, so you. proud of all the hard work you've been doing over the years and getting this message out. And I think for many of you, this concept sounds abstract. I was thinking as she was speaking, like, you know, we don't think about the liver because it's not in our face and we don't understand very quickly. Like it's not the type of thing you get a, a toxin in and suddenly you break out or suddenly we can see it in our kids a little bit more clearly, but, you know, really wrapping our head around this and understanding, you know, that so much of what's going on right now, especially is related to our toxic load and even cancer they're saying is more an accumulation of toxins more than any genetics or any of those type of things. So I think the sooner we put some energy into understanding the concept, the better, let's make it fun. Let's make it simple. I also have a quiz on my website too, to help you guys navigate some of these categories too. So all these resources I would just like grab and really make a difference for yourself and for your family. It really does. It really does matter. So thank you, Jen, for putting this book out there and everyone else. I hope you get a copy and use it to guide you. And thank you for watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time. 